This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. Yes. Took me a minute to process that. Yeah, I could tell. I literally saw the, do you know Roly Poly Oli? Mm-hmm. It was like, I saw the gears turning in your head. Yes. What are they made out of? What, Roly Polies? No, Roly Poly Oli. I don't know. Aren't they like gears? I didn't really like watch it. I just know what it is. I really think that's funny about like children's shows that like we don't question like SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just like some but of these. Is SpongeBob really a kid's show? I mean, it's actually the best kind of kid's show because you can watch it with children. And as adults, you can make like, this is fire, this is funny, and they're missing half of it. And then it's a timeless show for all ages. But I think it's technically designed for children. Yeah, Roly Poly Oli, he's always a, oh, a robot. Okay. 
I was watching the Barney dark documentary this weekend. Is it good? I mean, it's, I wouldn't even call it. I would say it's like a two-parter. <laughs> they could have just made it one thing. <laughs> I thought I was just going to, because like the, the Sesame Street one, the one about Big Bird is just like all the fills. And the Barney one is like, this man literally started the National Barney Hate Group. I don't forgot what it's called. Because he came home from a business trip and his daughter didn't get off the couch to greet him. And so then he started a hate group. And like they have a woman that is a former white supremacist and she left it and now like helps people get out of it. And like she was there giving her insight. I thought I was sitting down to watch something very sweet. Because, like, Bill Nye's in it, Steve from Blues Clues is in it, Al Roker is in Did it. you missed the trailer? And I didn't watch it. Oh, my I'd God. I never that watched is actually the most. I'm sure that was the most alarming thing to watch. <laughs> yeah. the, when I saw the trailer, I went, holy fucking shit. Like, it is literally, like, so fucking intense. So I can't even imagine not seeing the trailer, thinking or watching, like, the uh, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I thought I was sitting. I <laughs> thought it was about to be this heartfelt thing. I remember... I'm still convinced. I never asked him. I was in first grade and I'm convinced that one of the kids in my first grade class was on Barney. Like he had the same name and like everything. Where'd you grow up? Where was, where were you in I first was in grade? Tennessee and they made it in Texas. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I know that because of Selena and Demi because mm. as a Disney Channel girly, that was their origin story. Yeah. Wow. I want you to watch the trailer now because when I watched the trailer, I was like, did someone kill Barney? Like, is Barney going to die well, at they, the end of this? They, like, there were a lot of rumors that the guy that was inside of Barney was dead for a while and like his mom called him and was like everybody's saying you're dead that's unhinged and he also was like or still is he's here in LA like a tantric sex person and like he was before Barney too so the original guy that was in Barney this was he was only in it for a year before it became like the Barney that we know today he was yes at the startup point he was like, I got to leave. The army is calling me. And I was like, great. I don't want to see you the rest of the documentary. So then he, he's he gone. And then they found this other guy. Like, it was just like they needed an actor that could move very well. And he, like, came. They were doing a live show. <laughs> so he came out at the live show. And, like, the crowd, like, went crazy. And so he's like, the movement that we see is what who what we know of as Barney today. And they made him like sign a thing saying that you cannot practice tantric sex while you're under contract, which checks out. it checks out. And now he like that's like what he does now here in L.A. Did he, they get into how much he got paid? No, but they're all millionaires. I, I would be really curious what his con- like, because that was in the days of like residuals and also like those children's shows you film like. That you can like yeah. fucking stockpile shit yeah. like because over and even over the and way over. that it even started it was like it was just the the creator of it she was a school teacher and her son never like sat still and so she went to the blockbuster got a VHS and it was like just like this video of these this like people those stuffed animals that came to life like a bear or something mm-hmm. and he paid attention to it and she was like oh I wonder if I could make you know, something like this that he would like. And so she was married to a guy that his family had, like, one of those, like, local stations, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so she she pitched it to the dad, and then they made the show. And it was just going to be, like, one VHS. 
And so then this lady saw one of the VHS tapes and she at the time was a stay at home mom, but she had been working marketing before. And she was like, I want to like start doing Barney birthday parties because like kids love this. Yeah. And so she went and started and like pitched. She was like, hey, I want to help with the marketing for this. She just becomes like the head of marketing and then they make a whole bunch of VHS tapes and it get, she like goes to different mom groups and like sells the VHS tapes essentially. And it ended up in the house of a man that was like the head of and working somewhere in PBS and he yeah. saw it and then was like, let's make this a big thing. Wow. It's just women doing shit. <laughs> like, yeah. And so, but then her, the woman who made it for her son, he, cause they would refer to her as like the mom of Barney. And then he like, when he got grew up and kind of got over Barney, he got like really dark and he was and I don't if you don't want to be spoiled fast forward like <laughs> five minutes yeah. um but he being a rich kid because he, he had like a multi-million dollar like six million dollar house in Malibu yeah and just didn't like people and he wouldn't one of his neighbors had well he had put up a sign saying like please don't like trespass on my property and there's video footage of this happening. One of his neighbors, like, just walked up to see what the sign said, read the sign, walked off. And then this guy went over and was, like, having an argument with him. And then the guy, the neighbor, walks back in his house and he shoots him in the back. Ooh. He's out of jail now. Like, he did some time, but he's out of jail now and is married with kids. He had actually had the same partner and a kid before but like multiple kids now wow yeah also that his dad slash the lady's husband died by suicide because he didn't like that he didn't get any attention i mean i'm there's other things yeah but no that's i mean i'm not a parent but like when a kid can't sit still and all of that stuff like there's yeah there are things that we have to learn but there's also things that like you know, kids are very good at like showing you their like things that they're really good at and things that they might struggle with mm-hmm. more. And sometimes it's not a solution. It's like, oh, this is the reason why. Yep. Let's get to that and yeah. figure that out. Cause like band aids work Your for whole tits out just so you know. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with okay. it. Okay. Everybody check out the Patreon. <laughs> See the tits. Wow. Uh, yeah. I was debating if I was gonna watch it or not. I loved Barney as a kid, which is too. shocking because I hate characters dressed in like costumes that have their head included but for some reason i think it was like it's the most like it doesn't even as a kid it didn't feel like the like i can't fucking stand like mickey mouse at disneyland scares the shit out of me Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like that like it feels more fantastical also because like he's so much bigger than all the kids like it does bigger and he's just like positive like mickey's got some others because mickey wasn't originally meant for kids like yeah and Barney's not quirky. Barney's just like doing it. I don't happy. Yeah. And it, I loved it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I if I could watch it. But I I have debated. There was always like so many rumors that it was like that Barney was like a serial kill. Like yeah, all of these they things. They talk about all of that in the documentary. And I was like, my parents shielded me from all this because I didn't know any of it. I think I like heard it in like middle school or something. But they even have like the producer from Jerry Springer on in this documentary because like 
there's just like hate going on and they would have like these people that hated Barney on the show. Well, also, I wonder if, I don't know if they dive into it, but like there is like some people like literally hate children. Like they hate children so much and anything that's for children, they hate. Like, and they it's like, there's just like, vit- like so much. And like, it's, it's a, it's a very alarming thing. Like yeah. you don't have to like want kids, but this like really intense hatred for children. I don't know. I, it feels really like, layered and there's got to be more to it but I'm like they get into it they also have like college students like they used to throw parties where you would bring a stuffed Barney and you just beat it to like till the stuffing fell out of it and they were just like we feel like it's uh taking it away from Sesame Street what what you can watch both the program's like 26 minutes long yeah if you're watching like the but why do you care you're in college yeah like I'm sorry you so you need therapy. Like yeah. if you're still fucking thinking about it, it was shit, like huge. Yeah, there were like so parties, wild. and they have clips of all this. But anyway, this is but am I wrong? A show where we judge if you are white. We <laughs> do. <laughs> you're hey, white. As a white person, <laughs> we are. We deserve to be judged. We are. We are ripe for the judging. Like that is yeah. Right. Or wrong in a situation. So um, we have a segment called, uh, but am I wrong? And that's where we nominate things from our lives or just a hot take that we have. And then we have, but are you wrong? And that's when y'all write in with your issues and we'll judge if you were right and wrong in situation. And then we have, but are they wrong? AKA Rachel of the week. And that's when we both nominate a person, place, thing, a noun um, <laughs> it could be an idea too yeah. that we think is just the wrong of the week absolutely and it's a great time so submit just pop your head i mean your headphones are okay pop your headphones in your headphones are either on or in your car enjoy the ride mm-hmm. and this will only hurt a little <laughs> <laughs> so oh and the best part one of our favorite parts about the show is that we include all of you, our audience. So all of the things that we talk about in every single one of our segments, we then go and make Instagram stories. So there are polls for you to vote on for who you think was wrong in each situation. So if you thought Melissa and I were wrong in our own individual ones, which of the writers who write in for the second segment, and then also again for the Rachel of the Week, if you agree or disagree. So we have an episode coming out tomorrow on our Fisting Friday. Fisting. Hey. And we did get a couple of suggestions of new names we'll discuss in tomorrow's episode. We will be reading the results from last week's episode in that episode tomorrow. And then the votes for this episode today will go up tomorrow Mm -hmm. on the Instagram. All right. So now we're going to get into, but am I wrong? And so this is a situation in my life. So I got a message on LinkedIn. Why did I get LinkedIn? So that I can connect with people that I want to work with. And so um, I got a message very late on a Friday and I was like, why is somebody messaging me? But then I saw that they're in like on the other side of the world. And they said, I wanted to connect with you to introduce you to one of my, I'm paraphrasing it, to introduce you to one of my clients that wants to do, wants to hear like your knowledge based on a certain company I will not say and uh, would see if you'd be interested in chatting with our client and potentially like consulting with them. And I said, thank you for reaching out. Can you tell me like who the client is 
and what the consulting is. And the thing is that they, they won't tell me who the client is. And then they also, the company that they want to know more about, there's no public information that I've worked with this company, have worked with this company. I don't understand why this random lady that's across the world would even know who I am or know that I have worked with this company. And then, so I asked her like who it is. She won't tell me who the client is. And so is it wrong of me to think that this is a spy? <laughs> because I don't know how else they would know any of this information unless they work with another specific company and have heard that I'm doing business with this other company. I feel like you're speaking to a double agent. Yeah. Like, I think it's somebody who is knows the inner workings behind the scenes and knows that you're doing this. And they're they they they're being a double agent. They actually mm. are working for the other. I see. You know, no, but the other people already asked me, and I've already told them. Like the oh. new people, they already know, and they're like, "Yeah, this makes sense because it's happened with some other people." So it wouldn't be them. So I know it's not them. Oh, so they're just agenting. They're mm -hmm. not even double agenting. Yeah, single. A single agent. Mm -hmm. Like if you're gonna be a secret agent, like being a double agent's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Wait, that's, I don't think you're wrong. It's like really fucking weird. It's very weird. I don't like that. Did you ask them? Were you like, how did you? Yes, I asked, I said, and then she just talked around it. Thank you for your response. As mentioned, I'm working on a project on behalf of the client. <laughs> fucking eerie. Giving your experience and position within the organization. What organization? I work for my own company. So. Ma'am, is this a scam? But it's very specific and very timely for something yeah. that's happening. I don't know how rude you can, or like how direct you can be on LinkedIn. Because I would be like, hi, again, could you let me know that how. I mean, I'm going to do yeah, that. Like how you found me. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. How? I would like to and know why. How. And why do you know this information? I would just there's say how only, first. Yeah, how. But like, because there's only one. They're kind of a bad spot. Mm -hmm. You know, like it reminds me of um, there was like this drama in the UK while Mots and I were there. And I was like, I love being here. For there was one drama that was like not fun at all. That one was like really fucking sad. Uh, I think it was the U. I think it was the US. The US um, ambassador's wife was driving on the wrong side of the road and hit and killed a child on their bike and then got diplomatic immunity and i go that's I remember that. not what that's fucking for but uh there was lighthearted fun news as well when we were there and it was like they were two soccer wives football wives and one of them had like had suspected that um like all these things kept leaking in her life and she was like who the fuck is saying this like none of it's public like but it just keeps getting out and then she had like a feeling on who it was and so then she set everything on her like instagram story like her close friends and stuff she like removed everybody except for one person and then she posted something like fake and then the next day it was like in the daily mail or whatever and then she like made a post being like i had all these suspicions and like this is what i did and it was her and then she like literally tagged her and now they're like in court suing for like libel back and forth and all of this shit and it was just like wow wow like smart mm -hmm. yet this person not as smart. Not as smart. Like, this is nothing that's in public, you know? That's what I mean. It's yeah. like, what if you just said, like, I'm not working with them? Right. 
Like, which like, no, you are. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, how do you know that? I would just be like, okay, let's cut the bullshit. Let's like, who hired you? And like, how can I get a cut? How can we work together right. to well, get a cut? they said they're going to pay me. No, I know, but, but it's I like, need, I need to but know. But I also asked her, it was like, how much is it? And she didn't give me an answer. Yeah, and you're like, well, I need to know, am I upcharging them because I don't like these people? Mm -hmm. Or like, what's the, how are we going to do this? Like, let's work together. Let's scam. Let's scam. Let's scam, girl. It's definitely a real person, though, because otherwise I would include their yeah. name because yeah, I'm like, she's let's real. scam. You're not wrong. I'll follow up next week. So you're not wrong at all. And I can't wait to follow up. My, but am I wrong, is also a hot take. In this environment with these people, as in us and our audience, probably more lukewarm. But this is something I've been thinking about for a while, especially in like the last couple months. But obviously, we all know that our medical system is fucked. Our insurance system is fucked. Our healthcare in the United States is all fucked. And we've got so much distrust of doctors and all of this kind of shit. But the entire reason that we have pseudoscience is because of shitty medical care. Yeah. That's like, that is that. I think that like if we had addressed and we do address the in inaccessibility of medical care in places and some doctors who really fucking talk down to patients, but like poor medical care leads people to shitty fucking pseudoscience. Do you know how many TikTok accounts like there are people who like get to pseudoscience and shit that like there's some people who have like pseudoscience that's like eugenics based. Like there are some that are like purely based in like absolute like disgusting hatred. But like specifically in the United States, the amount of people on TikTok, there's like one specific person who like, I don't even want to, I'm not going to say their name because they're so fucking problematic and they, their kind of content targets other people who were in the same dark space that they were in and then essentially like gets them to believe their shit, which I like don't want at all. But this TikToker had a really fucking traumatic hospital birth and that happens. Like birth is really fucking traumatic. Anyone who has like made it like, oh, like modern medicine has done wonderful things for birth, but like the United States still has the highest maternal mortality rate. Like birth is still like a real, it's a high risk thing regardless. And she had a really rough birth experience and then had a bunch of fucking trauma. And so she decided to do a free birth at home and had no medical intervention. So didn't go to doctor's appointments, didn't get checkups, didn't get ultrasounds, didn't do any of that and then gave birth at home with no doula, no medical care, nothing. Kids are not vaccinated. Kids don't wear shoes. They don't brush their teeth. They don't use toilet paper. They use towels. And even when they go to restaurants, they use the hand towels to wipe their shitty asses. Like it is just like this downward spiral that stemmed from shitty medical care, which that shit happens in hospitals. Like you can have a bet, but it's also about how the medical professionals respond to that. And a lot of the time out of their control, it's insurance companies. You can't take, you can't say things that might be more comforting and accepting fault because that's an insurance liability. And it's just like a whole fucking thing that like watching this decline of this person and then the people that they attract are also people who have had traumatic births. And then they turn into this and then it becomes, well, I didn't trust this doctor to do this thing. So why should I trust them to do anything? 
And it's just like, it's just so wildly fucked or even like, if I think about like, I've got IBS, I've had stomach issues like my whole fucking life, got an endoscopy, like really traumatic experience getting an endoscopy. They did not like sedate me enough. I was awake during all of it. And all of that to diagnose with IBS, which they're like, we don't, we really can't do anything for you. We don't know. And so then you have these companies that step in that they're like, oh, we're going to get a sample of your blood for $250. Like send us a sample of your blood and we're going to like run all of this thing. And then we're going to tell you these like food sensitivities you have that like they're, they can't track any of that stuff. And we're going to do this. And then we're going to sell you on these supplements to do this, 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 and this, that it becomes like so many of these wellness companies that are like literally backed in, like based in pseudoscience have found their niche because they're like, oh, there's something missing in the market here. And it's like, well, you can either go to the doctor and do this, or I can make a supplement that will tell people that this will like fix something about them that they went to a doctor's appointment for. And a doctor doesn't have like the time and the energy nor the resources to figure this out. And it's just like, we've seen it the most specifically with like vaccine hesitancy and like anti-vaxxers in like the COVID era that like everybody has most people have like a traumatic or like a shitty medical experience. And then when you pair that with a certain kind of individual, that leads to this. But even like some other fucking like random pseudoscience, like I saw something that was like talking about in like the early 2000s with like cabbage soup diets and things that are rooted in like diet culture. I'm like, I consider myself to be like a pretty responsible person when it comes to like medical stuff and like researching things. But I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I fucking did. I like had a cabbage soup diet. Like I did, like even like at a certain place in my life, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm more susceptible to these things because we have varying levels of them. And there's a wonderful episode of um, Maintenance Phase that talks about like celery juice and how that leads to like QAnon and all of that mm-hmm. shit. Which it is, all leads back to it. Yeah, but like, I don't blame like current, medical workers for an issue at all because they're they're pigeonholed by like what they really can and can't do and like how overworked they are there's some people who are terrible people and shouldn't be in those jobs but that happens to everybody like across the board in jobs it's not that industry specific but i can't even imagine how much more frustrating it is to medical professionals recognizing that you're seeing that you like can't provide the care that some people like really need and knowing that because you can't do that because you don't have the resources to do that, that they are going to then turn to something that's like not real and like not backed in science. And like, you don't have the, you can't like gently guide people to that, you know? Like, it's just like, it's this desperation that we're all like looking for to like solve something. And I think it would be lovely if, you know, everyone from everywhere, like if we could get the people who are so like anti the the U.S. medical system to instead of just saying fuck it and giving up, like being on the side of like we need like healthcare like reform, like we need all of this versus saying like, like screw doctors, like I'm just going to go back. I'm just going to be I'm just going to be reading books and figuring this shit out on my own. Like it feels like we're losing people <laughs> from our side from it. But yeah, it's. I just want to push back just a little Go bit. Go for it. Yes, like I everything you said is correct, it, but there's also very wealthy people that have access to all the unlimited health care that there is because they are able to pay for it 
that are also very much into pseudoscience things. It's a certain kind of per- it's a certain yeah. kind of personality. Like I, there's two. Yeah, it's the personality. Yeah. I won't. Say, it's not but, just because our health care system. Because regardless well, if no, you have access, we or would not, all be into pseudoscience as well. It's like yeah. it's this combination of mm-hmm. feeling some people who can feel like very slighted and harmed by a system and like rightfully so. And then there's also like a people that think that they're above, above it. the privilege mm-hmm. of like, I'm not getting it's I'm not getting the treatment that I need versus I'm not getting the treatment. I think I deserve. I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I fully agree. And it's, it's the, both of those, you have that and then you meet a certain personality type. Right. And that's how it gets mm-hmm. to it. And it just feels like, it like just it makes you like sad. Like it makes me sad. Like seeing people, especially when it comes to like new mothers and all of that shit. And it's like even these documentaries about like certain things. And I'm like, I can't fault you at all. Like I really can't. Like because, especially in like the chronic illness community, or people like you spend so much time advocating for yourself, and that requires confidence, knowledge, and also it still takes a really fucking long time, and it takes a certain kind of person to be able to like fight for themselves healthcare wise. And that doesn't feel empowering to some people. Like to some people that feels like dehumanizing and what's empowering to them is quote unquote researching and doing their own stuff. And it's just like, well, fuck. (laughs) Like it feels like we've made this problem worse, you know? Yeah. Not us as individuals, but it feels like- As a whole. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about science is that it's something that does involve like you can't have science without doing a lot of research and again this is like people there's either like you said there's some people that think they're above it or Mm -hmm. that they think that they're just as smart as people that have gone to school and studied this or people that they've run out of like options and they think this is the next thing like there's science but like in order to get to science you have to do a lot of research and so they feel like they're doing that groundwork, but they're actually doing it without any knowledge of what the bases are. Yeah. And like no control groups mm-hmm. and no like long term, like all of this shit. Like it's. Or they see a study and they don't realize the study was done on like five people and it wasn't even a study. It was like done, done over two days and it wasn't there's again, no long term study done. If it's not written about in a reputable medical journal and has been peer reviewed it's not real science yeah and even then it's like were was this tested on people who have your health history was this tested on the people of the same like genetic makeup as you is this on the same people who are the same height mm-hmm. and weight as you like with the same lifestyle habits right. as you like i'm in a bunch of like long covid subreddits and there are people who come in to them all the time who are like hi i'm uh I'm a doctor and I'm starting to do this if you pay me this much. And like you're seeking out people who are in in desperation. Mm-hmm. And I see people every day making these posts of being like, I read this thing online. This is like a Chinese version of like an ivermectin kind of thing that's being treated there. Like I want to do this. And like the mods on that fucking subreddit like spend so much time I'm sure. like just trying to like reach out to people and being like, we understand that you're like so desperate this you can't share these things that are like unfounded and not real but yeah when people are like going to their physicians and everyone's like that's not you're fine like it's mm-hmm. in your head like these tests are coming back negative or even te- like doctors were like yeah we don't know what to test for but there's something wrong with you and it's like this helplessness feeling that like i think the biggest culprit of this is the like health insurance companies because it's like where the money is it's not just like 
not everyone who works in like the medical field is like fucking raking in dough and like choosing to make so much money. Like mm-hmm. it's like they literally in order to keep their jobs have to do certain things that keep their hospitals profiting. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue. And everybody is kind of backed into a corner and you have people who are backed into a corner who don't have the knowledge. And when you're a doctor and you're backed into a corner, like you have the education, you have the knowledge, like make decisions or find people who can like lead you to information that can help do X, Y, and Z. But when you're not. Yeah. But there are also doctors out there that are teaching pseudoscience. Yep. Dr. Oz. Is he a real doctor? Yeah. Because remember I did that thing about how when he was at that research lab. Oh, yeah. With all the killing animals. Yeah. Uh, He is. What kind of doctor is he? Cardiothoracic surgeon. Like he's a doctor, doctor. Anyways, that is my take. And my advice to everybody is just be like so fucking cautious. Like be just so cautious because you can wreck so much more havoc on your body than like pseudoscience. Like these things, like they're not as harmless as they seem. They're a really slippery slope. Even if you don't think you're susceptible to them. I've been susceptible to them. Like, and the best thing I've ever done for my health this might sound counterintuitive, but was like to recognize that like it is better for me if I'm having a bad IBS week to just acknowledge that, like Mm -hmm. radically accept that like I might not be feeling so well and I will wait for an appointment at my doctor and like do whatever I can to like mitigate and manage things. But like sometimes there's not, sometimes there's not a solution and it's better to like save your time, your money, your energy, and like your mental well-being than searching for something that, like, might not exist. Mm-hmm. Right. And it might not exist right now, but it could exist in the future. Yeah. And, like, don't spend all your money and, like, all of these things on this that, like, accepting something doesn't mean that, like, you're defeated or, like, that it's never going to get better or it's never going to improve. But it's just, like, recognizing and knowing that, like, there are certain people who you should be getting this advice from. And if you take a break, like, I, this might be a really bad advice, but, like, for me, I'm, like, if I can put a bandaid on something until I'm in the place that I'm like ready to address it with like the people who I can afford to do the good thing, all of that, I'm just going to put a bandaid on it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with putting a bandaid on it and waiting, waiting it out until you're like, okay, this bandaid is soaked through. Now time to do this. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's what I got to say. You're not wrong. Thanks. All right. Let's take a break now. That is what happens next. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time and I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package, I just got a a, a secondary of my package and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods i cannot sing their praises enough specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss, the vanilla cream, the caramel sundae. I have all three of those flavors. Sometimes I mix and match them. Sometimes I'll use it when I'm baking or I'll just drink it straight. And it is, they're so good. They have a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that makes it so delicious. You can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code blame me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of 
getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've we already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Now it is time for, oh, hi, welcome back. Do you have a good break? We hope so. Also, everyone go watch the video version on Patreon. You should. We look cute today. Yeah. We look cute every day. We but. do. We try. It actually comes like totally effortless to both of us. I was about to say. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to submit for the But Are You Wrong segment, you can send us an email at buttamywrongpod at gmail.com. You got to keep it under 300 words. We ask that you include your ages. You can include pronouns if you would like. Tell us a story. It's all anonymous, but for our mental well-being and sake of not trying to improv when you write it, 
give us fake names mm-hmm. for the people in the situation involved and give us as much info as possible and we'll come for you or support you. Correct. Hi, Eminem. I love both pods. I'm writing to get you guys' take on a situation involving my new boyfriend, 23 male, and myself, 21 female. We have been seeing each other and going on dates for about three months and exclusively dating for only one month at this point. He's a great boyfriend, but I recently discovered that he forgot that we met and had sex a couple years ago before we started seriously dating. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) In summer of 2020, we met on Bumble. We also have some mutual friends. After texting a bit back and forth for a few weeks, he asked me to come to his house very much so under the pretense of having a casual hookup, and I did. We really got on well, though. I know you meant you got it on well. And after we hooked up in August of 2020, we never stopped talking and texting until November of that year when we eventually fell out of touch. But at that point, we moved to different cities. We never connected in person again after that until this year. That was all very casual and intentionally non-exclusive, but we were we were talking basically every day. Today, we were talking about us hanging out all those years ago. He said in 2019, I was almost a part of his hoe phase, but didn't quite make the cut because we only made out. I'm 100% positive we had full penetrative sex that night. Am I wrong for being hurt that he forgot we had sex? Dude, this is better than I thought because I thought he like, forgot that you talked like I thought he forgot all of this happened yeah because like you have text proof that you like because if even if you like you (laughs) stop talking unless you completely deleted their phone number from your phone you still have the old conversation I know I was like does he have like a double double life somewhere else so this makes you feel a little bit better but like not good not good I mean (laughs) he was in his whole face so I'm sorry but to him you're just he was a dime a dozen yeah you're just another bitch but I feel really bad that he doesn't remember you at all. I, I I don't I don't think that you're again, you're not wrong for your feelings ever. Also, this one, I'm surprised we didn't get to this is from like August. No, I, I don't know how we me skip fucking this. neither. <laughs> as soon as I started reading this, I was like, what? Because we have like summer. Like, we'll like look at them and like we'll like pick because we each pick ones. And I like literally I was like, bitch, you I'm scrolling all the way up to what are you picking? And I was yeah. like, where was this? Exactly. And also like this was I, I said that to say this was before we said don't write in like about your feelings and stuff but fuck I, I I I would feel bad I feel bad right now like can you imagine your like what what was your face how many people did you sleep with? like my face I'd have been like huh yeah. yeah like I'm not judging at all I'm just curious how many people he slept with that he forgot you Dude, I'd be so mad. Like, does he have other memory? Wait, okay. He's a great boyfriend, but I really discovered that he forgot we met and had... Oh, so did he think you never met in person? No, because then she, she oh, we said only that made they out. made out. He thinks that they are only made out. Also, I really don't like how he phrased that. Like, you almost made the cut. And it's like, first of all, you did penetrate me. Yeah. And like, you keep penetrating me. I, made, like, I got in the guts cut yeah like you've been in my guts and like yeah. remain in my guts to this day yeah. oh my god you're so not wrong at all but i fucking need to know what he said when you were yeah. like nah we fucked and or then did I, you say 
You didn't say, she didn't say what she said, what happened. Yeah, like, no, I'm saying, like, did you say, no, we actually had sex? Did he just say, you know, we were, I was in, you almost made the cut for my whole face and then you didn't say anything. Please tell me you said something. Because, like, I don't think that she did. At least at this point, now we're coming up on, like, a year. I don't think she did. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you have been given homework. Yeah. You need to fucking tell this man that you had sex. And then also, like, you need to be like, you don't remember having sex with me? How many pussies? How many? uh, Yeah. How many things did you fuck? We don't know his sexual orientation. It might have been. How many different forms of orifices and genitalia did you have interactions with that you forgot my prize winning pussy? Yep. I would be so offended. Like, there's these, like, I forget what it was. It was, like, in a TV show or, like, maybe it was just in, like, a TikTok or something. But it was, like, you know, closing your eyes and, like, kissing a girl and being, like, can you tell it's your girlfriend or whatever? And everyone's like, oh, I totally could. And like some scientists, like you literally like, unless you have like the smell or you have something I'm else. Sorry, but, like, but I can distinctly remember mo- most dudes that I've kissed. Like, like people have certain ways of kissing. No, I know, but I think it was something like, or maybe it was like just touching. It was something. It was something Touch, along the line. I can understand. That. It was something. It was something where it was like, could you tell that this was like a partner or whatever? And it was like basically being like, you know, like. Of course, you want it to be like that, but like you probably couldn't yeah. tell. And I remember watching that, and I go, I'd be so mad if that's gonna know it was me. But like the idea of maybe it was vaginas, maybe that was like the whole thing of like, could you, would you be able to know? Like, mm-hmm. are the inside of vaginas like that in like super different? And I think it was something like, not really. How did they do the study? I, again, Melissa, this might have been a TV show that like was okay. not a real TV. This might have just been like pseudoscience. This might have been on like, I don't know, this might have been a bit on like an episode of something. Like, it was just something, but I just remember like the thought crossing across my mind that it was like, I know logically and like, this is what it's saying that logically, like they're not like that different, but I would be upset. And this is like the real life version of that. It could have been a dream. Who okay. fucking knows? But I would be so mad. I'd be shocked. Granted, I am also kind of like your boyfriend. Like I remember I was scrolling on Facebook one day and I came across a picture of someone. I go, oh my God, I had sex with him. And like, I forgot. I found a, um, an article about people. They were like touching foreheads. Yeah, I don't know. Where I, I don't know what's up. Like it was a hand to a forehead. That's the thing with TikTok. You just get so much content yeah. that you're like, I don't remember where this came from or what it was. I just remember I saw something. There's another one that's hands. I feel like hands are easier too. Yeah, like calluses and, and it stuff. it says like women, even just size. Like if you just put your hand, like I feel like you can figure out a, like your partners. You can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, this is. You have homework. <laughs> I need to know. I have so many questions. Me too. Yeah. Anyway, you haven't even done oh, your shit. first one. Okay. So, hi, I, 20 female, I'm in a predicament. I've been friends with this guy. Let's call him Jack, 21 male, since high school, but we were never super close. We have a lot of friends in common. And about two years ago, I briefly dated one of his closest friends, Pat. I didn't end up liking him, so I put an end to it. This is only a few dates, and we never hooked up. He did tell me that he loved me, though, but I'm not sure if he meant it or if it was just infatuation because we didn't know each other that well. I hate people who do that. Not you, like him. I recently started hanging out a lot with Jack because I reconnected with the friends that we have in common. Since we started hanging out more, he started making a lot of flirty comments and hitting on me pretty heavily. But he's a flirt, so I thought this was just him joking around as he does. However, this week, he pulled me aside and told me he doesn't actually flirt like this with everyone 
and he actually thinks I'm very attractive and would be interested in starting a friends with benefits, in quotations, type of situation with him. I'm interested, but I'm wondering if this would be wrong to do because I very briefly dated one of his best friends. I think that I don't owe anything to Pat and it would be fine for me to take Jack up on his offer. But then I wonder if I would be wrong because I know that Jack is close friends with Pat and this might cause drama in their front group. I think Jack is okay doing this to his friend and I have nothing to worry about, but am I wrong? You're not wrong. Go for it. This happens all the time. I would though. I would have a conversation with Jack and ask him if he's talked to Pat about this. Yeah, I would just be like, you know that I hooked up with Pat. I just want to like get it all in the clear. Like I'm down to do this, but like I just, you know, want to make sure that like you know this and like I'm not friends with him. So like that's not my responsibility, Mm -hmm. but like I don't want you to go into this. Yeah, because you didn't know if he didn't know, then I I don't think that's fair to Jack. Yeah, because he might not. It might not be cool for him. Yeah, like he might care. But if he does not care, it is not your problem. And it's also not your problem to anticipate that this might cause problems for other people Mm -hmm. if they don't care. Right. Or if they're like not thinking about it, like it's not your job to think ahead for him. Mm -hmm. Get it. Friends with benefits. Fuck it up. Make sure he remembers you. Give him a cast iron molding Mm -hmm. of your pussy. (laughs) Leave a bite mark. That's leaves us a mark forever. Ew, that takes me back to high school. Hickeys? And like, my high school boyfriend and I both have very sensitive skin. And so like, we'd hook up or whatever. And then he'd have like a swim meet the next day. And everybody would be like, nice. And like his mom be like, she hated me. It was awkward. I never went. They were so early in the morning. Yeah. So, they got to get up at like four every day. Yeah. Their swim meets start at like 6 a.m. I'm like, hard pass. No thanks. All right. Hi, Megan and Melissa. My cousin, 20 female, and I, 21 female, are best friends. Due to severe anxiety and depression, she has done online school and lived at home her whole life in the heart of a very big city. Think NYC. She deals with chronic migraines, suspected endometriosis, CFS, and more. She doesn't leave her house much due to this and anxiety and depression worsened by living in such a big city. Every summer, her family goes up to their cottage, six hours north, located in a remotely foresty town. When she's at the cottage, she feels much better physically, but mostly mental health-wise, and wants to keep that momentum, but goes back home and gets bad again. This summer, she decided to move to a little university town near her cottage. She got an apartment to live in with her cats. She can't live at the cottage. She has no friends, family in that area. This could be wonderful for her, but has me worried. Her migraines are so bad, sometimes she can't walk or talk. She isn't the best at reaching out for help with her depression when her depression has been bad in the past. Having no support in the area and nothing forcing her to leave her house to see people to make sure she's doing well doesn't seem good. I've brought this up slash moving somewhere two hours away from her home rather than six, but she thinks it's best for her. Her parents are on board. Am I wrong? I think you're wrong. I understand your concern, but I think it's in the wrong place. Like this is an adult who knows what's best for her, Mm -hmm. um, has made a decision. Her parents are on board with it. And it's like you're trying to protect her from something that she doesn't need protection from. Yeah. You're being, this is, and I know that's not, 
how you're trying to come off, but you're being judgmental and a little prejudiced as well. Because this is a health condition that she has that she knows how to manage, that she feels better in this place. And you don't need to tell her where she should live or be. No. Or make decisions for her like she doesn't know how to reach out for help or that she doesn't leave her house unless it's for something else. Like she'll stay in her house. Let people live their lives. And it's not even a let. Just people live their lives and you mind your own business. Yeah. It's infantilizing. And like when you do that to people who are like disabled or chronically Mm -hmm. ill, like it is ableism, even though that's not your intention at all. And I think this is kind of like the more subtle version for people who don't experience this of like you thinking, like you said, thinking that you know better than Mm -hmm. them. And the only reason why you think you know better than them is because they are of their whatever mental health or physical health disabilities that they're dealing with. They have that and you don't. And so like it does become ableism in that. But unless somebody there are a few medical cases where people cannot make their own like mental and physical decisions for themselves. And even that can be a really tricky situation and not always done correctly or ethically, but like you don't have that. Mm -hmm. So like you have no like ground to like stand on for this. And I would like drop it really fucking fast because to someone who has been dealing with this their whole lives, not only is it like an immense betrayal from like their best friend and like family member for this, but it's like a, it's again, your intention's not ableism, but like that's she, that's what it is. Like it doesn't feel any different. Like when someone's being ableist with like good intentions or bad intentions, like there's a spectrum of like how that feels. But when it comes from someone who's really that close to you, like that's, you're, you're still going to end up like, exiling her when you're saying your whole goal is that like you want her to be close to people Mm -hmm. so like don't emotionally push her away because she's creating some physical space like and that physical space can be great and it might not work out but also like she can move back right and if you're concerned that like she doesn't always reach out like reach out to her like you don't have to baby her but like be you need to be supportive of people and the choices that they make regardless of like they're disabled or not like mm-hmm. having a friend who's like I'm moving somewhere if you took out that if you was like oh I have a friend who like is moving to this place and like every time that like they go there they're so happy and it like does so much for them and like when they're in the city like imagine someone else calls in and says like should I do this like I want to move to a different city every time I'm there like I moved to this different cottage area like foresty like I'm so happy and then when I move back to my big city it just feels like I'm like weighed down by all this other shit and I really hate that like oh my gosh move that's so exciting that's right. amazing And like people don't get to pick and choose when they're disabled. Like you're disabled the whole, like you're disabled all the time. And if you're born with something, but like, even if it's happens later in life, like from that moment on there's before and after. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is, people aren't not thinking about it. Like you have to go out of your way to think about it because that's not, it's not you and your body, but like, that's like her life. Like she can't not factor it in. Like she can't ignore it. She can't like, not think about it like it is a part of like every single part of her being every single day it affects how she wakes up how she goes to bed how she goes about things and like it's just patronizing and 
again, ableist, even though that's not what your intention is to not think that like, and like, that's okay that you don't realize that. Like, and that's something that like, it's a privilege for a lot of people to like, not know that, Mm -hmm. but your intentions are good, but the result is not. And like, change that. Yep. So you are wrong. You're wrong. Okay. Do you know how we always talk about off like camera, like off mic where we're like, damn, could really throw in a personal story here, but I can't. That's literally how I'm like foaming at the mouth for it. Okay. Hi, Megan and Melissa. Uh, Yep. I was like, that's how the last one started, but they all start like that. (laughs) Hi, Megan and Melissa. I, 25, she, her, and four friends, 25, she, her, planned a trip in August where we split an Airbnb and the cost of a wine tour. Two days before we left, one of the girls, let's call her Michelle, texted our group and said she had hurt her back but was hoping to still make the trip. The day we left, she messaged and said she wasn't going to make it. I gave her the info for the wine tour company and she got 50% of that money back. However, Michelle then expected the four of us to pay for her portion of the Airbnb. This wasn't a question that Michelle asked, but an expectation that we would pay for her portion since she wouldn't be joining. Myself and another friend said in the chat that we weren't comfortable paying for the portion since we budgeted a certain amount for this trip and didn't have the money to pay a significant amount more last minute. Michelle responded saying she'd love to come, but she's injured and didn't want to lose the money. Eventually, we agreed to give her 50% of her Airbnb portion. To be honest, I didn't even want to give her that, but I didn't want to push it. Fast forward a couple of weeks ago, I found out from another friend that Michelle had recently ranted about me to her, how she was still upset with me and felt like I didn't care about her health. I have heard none of this directly from her and had no idea she was still upset with me. Am I wrong for not wanting to pay Michelle for the money she feels she deserves? Am I wrong for not reaching out to her to mend the situation? (laughs) I I don't think that you're wrong at all. And I think you were generous in giving her 50%. Like, that's like, if you buy a plane ticket, unless you have, if and you don't get insurance on it, you still have to pay for the ticket, even if you don't go on the trip. Like she can't. I, I'm I I'm sorry that she was injured, but this is not it's not her. It's not y'all's responsibility to cover for her. No, and it's also just like a really shady way of going about it. Like I really hate people who do this, where it's like two days before. She's like, "Hey, I hurt myself. I'm I'm still gonna go. I really think I'm still gonna be able to make it." And then the morning of. Like, uh, I'm a big fan of under promise over deliver. Mm -hmm. Like, if I am not 100% confident, I'm not going to have someone like waiting until be like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm fine with like certain friends like Lily and I, we can like really like we will say like, do you want to hang out today? 50 50 chance. Let's check in at two Mm o'clock. But like we're on the same page with that. Like, I just think that's like super fucking manipulative to just like. It's trying to garner sympathy of being like, I really tried to come and like two days before. So like it's leading up to it. So people can be like, oh, I wonder how she's doing. And then the day of being like, it was up until this moment. Like, it's just so, and I'm not doubting that she hurt herself or yeah, anything like that. I'm not doubting that at all. But, but like when you, man, when you like make the timeline to kind of like manipulate people into feeling a certain way about a situation, like that would make me less empathetic because mm-hmm. I'm like, if you hurt yourself, like tell us in two days before you hurt yourself, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. But like when you're stringing us along, it just feels disrespectful of like other people's time and money. And then clearly it was disrespectful mm-hmm. of that. I just think like, 
uh, you're not wrong for not wanting to pay her. And I don't think you're not, I don't think you're wrong for not wanting to mend the situation. Honestly, I would, I would probably confront her though. And I'd just be like, what's up? Or I if I didn't like her that talking much. about me, the streets have been talking. Word on the street is your lips and your lips have been moving. Come step to me if you got a problem. I'll solve it. You might have hurt your back, but you stabbed me in the back. Bitch. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's why your back hurts because you're so busy stabbing me in mine. Like what? Yeah, you're not wrong. Not at all. All right. Um, time for another break. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right. 
now time for but are they wrong and that's when we pick somebody that we think sucks the most so mine this week is Sheen. do you say sheen or sheen sheen i've heard it pronounced <laughs> I think it's different sheen. yeah that's how i say it sheen so mine is sheen i mean they're constantly a rachel of the week but there was a specific report that came out there is a woman who went undercover she this work was done by channel four and the i newspaper in the uk and this woman uh used a fake name and got a job inside two factories in china and secretly filmed what she saw as she worked there and these are sheen factories of course and so on average, the workers work 18 hours a day, seven days a week, and they get one day off per month. At one of the factories, they get a base salary of 4,000 yuan per month, and that's equivalent to $556 a month. And they have to make at least 500 pieces of clothing per day. But their first month pay is withheld from them, and many of these workers work long hours to earn a commission of 14 or 0.14 yuan, which is about two cents per item. So there's footage at the second factory that they don't get a base pay, but instead receive 0.27 yuan or just four cents for each garment they make. And then employees, if they don't hit their goals, they get a fine amounting to two thirds of their daily wages. If they make one mistake, according to the report. And in one of the factories, female employees wash their hair on their lunch breaks because there's little time after work to do so. And uh, just to put this in context of other fast fashion companies, Shein has a hundred billion valuation. This was this past uh, April, and that's more than H&M and Zara combined. And all of this violates China's labor laws and so I just want to say, you know, do with this information as you will. But think about this when you're shopping fast fashion as a whole, but also Shein, because I see a lot of people doing Shein hauls or look, I found this on Shein. Just, you know, think about where your things are coming from. Yeah, I, they make up 28 percent of fast fashion sales. So I've seen a lot of rhetoric of online of people being like, well, why are we going for them? And we're not going for like other places. People are mm -hmm. like this stuff happens at almost I mean, it happens at all fast fashion like places like vast majority of them. But it's about like the scale mm -hmm. as well. So when you have a smaller fast fashion company, the popularity of it and like the demand is not there. And when you have a place like Shein, which like has grown exponentially yeah. and gotten so 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 huge it becomes more demand and then it becomes this is getting worse and happening to more people and just it's getting worse and worse and worse it's just fucked i'm gonna i want to share this tweet that i saw so shout out to ali with books ali um i love interacting with you on all of my social media platforms you're wonderful oh this tweet is from dress histories and the tweet says, the fast fashion conversation sucks the life out of me because all it really comes down to is people thinking they're entitled to be trendy. Where am I supposed to get cute clothes if not Shein? I don't know, but you don't need cute clothes if you can't afford them. So there's a, Oof. yeah. So. Oof. That's yeah. not a good take. Nope, nope. So the fucking, the classism in conversations about fast fashion, I think is 
what is holding us back from that. Like there is no recognition of people who are poor and, and experiencing poverty and then thinking like, oh, well, if you can't afford something that is like, you can't afford ethical fashion that's really nice and cute, that's like what I wear and you're poor, then you can't have cute clothes. And that is just classist. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it just is. And it's also just being like, well, you can just go like, you can go thrift and you can do this. And like, it's like, well, no, I, I, it's in, I am incredibly poor and I work constantly and I have to take care of kids and it's, I don't have the time to sort through or I don't, I don't fit in straight sizes. Like I am plus sized. I don't, I, I need to find something that like for an event, I have to go to things. I have to go to work. I have to pay for all of this kind of stuff. And it just is like the conversation of like about fast fashion, like people have decided that it is the fault of poor people and fat people. And that's why fast fat, like, oh, that's if it was those people who stopped shopping here. And it's like, no, that's yeah. not what it is. It's people who are spending like $700 on she and shit that they're going to wear one time. Then they're going to throw away. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. Or do hauls. Exactly. Like that's the problem. It's the core problem. And it's, I've said it so many fucking times. It's not just about what you buy, but it's about how you buy. And if you buy things in excess, you're going to dispose of things in excess. Mm -hmm. And excess is the issue. It's not an issue that people like people need to buy clothes. They need to buy clothes they like. They need to enjoy what they wear. They need to be not need to, but like would love that. Like want people to like feel seen in their clothes, feel good about themselves in their clothes and not feel like they're missing out on trends. And when we go after people who are like just trying to get by (laughs) as that they are the result of this, like it is just, it it becomes abundantly clear that like why you care, you, it's not about the environment. It's just about like your classism and fat phobia. Mm -hmm. Like, and you've just found a way to repack, you've found a way to greenwash classism and fat phobia. But, yeah, it's fucked. I will say I shop on ThreadUp all the fucking time. Like I love ThreadUp. I literally have to like go through pages of just Shein clothes. So if you really like a lot of the trendy pieces and especially like in they have like a lot of availability for extended sizing, ThreadUp is a really wonderful place that like if you don't have time to go in person to like a thrift store or like mobility wise, like standing up for that long is not that great for you. I can't recommend it enough. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really, it's really, really, really great. And also if you submit your clothes and like send your clothes into ThreadUp, I think they're still doing this program, but they, I don't know if they do it all the time for a while. I think it was just like a, for a certain time period, but it might be permanent now. Like you can use credits that for the, from the clothes that you sell, you can use, spend them on ThreadUp. You can get the cash back to you, or they were doing like a premium one where you could get more credits and have it be exchanged into like a reformation gift card. And reformation is you know, even ethical companies are not like perfect and it's more expensive, but you can use money towards something like that. If you have like a staple thing that you want to wear all the time. So fuck fast fashion, but like keep your like classes. About it. Right. Uh, all right. Your turn. I my can't turn. wait. This is, I can close my computer. You know, there's two things in this world that I can you know, that thing going around where people are like, what's the one thing that you can talk about for hours without any research? There's two things for me. General Hospital. Or soap soaps in, in general. general. Uh-huh. And Real Housewives. There we go. Guess what we're talking about. <laughs> I'll give you two seconds. Everybody screaming in their cars. Bethany Frankel. Ding, ding, ding. You are fucking correct. You didn't even give anybody two seconds. 
No, because you said, I'm sure as soon as I said Real Housewives, everyone's like, ooh, <laughs> I know what she's going to talk about. So we're talking about Bethany Frankel. So I am not a Housewives girly. So that's why I'm so excited that this is the podcast that we do together because I, you can give me a backstory yeah. on her and we can talk about what she's currently doing. And based on what she's currently doing, I can't imagine what she was doing before was, I can't imagine it was a total 180 because when you're this confident being this loud and wrong online, you, there's some building blocks to get there. Mm -hmm. So Bethany Frankel sent a TikTok creator, Meredith Lynch, who I follow, who is like a really great follow. She's very like, makes really interesting, like niche content where she talks about like celebrity brands and especially like really going off of the conversation we just had about Shein talking about like the overconsumption and what the like useless products that like celebrities are shilling out and like creating just to, like build up their own image that are like completely ruining the planet. And she like talks about like, you know, the carbon emissions of like the planes of people taking and all of that stuff. And she's great. Like she does, it's very personality driven, but she just reports on things. And so she sent her a cease and desist. Bethany sent Meredith. Yes. Meredith revealed all of this in like a series that she did on her TikTok where she said that Bethany had sent her a cease and desist for quote unquote defamatory statements after Meredith talked about like Bethany's brands. Um, and there is... And it also coincides with Bethany as a lawsuit against TikTok right now. That's like at the same time where she's suing TikTok for using her like image and likeness to promote counterfeit products on the platform. Um, which I will say, you got to read the terms and conditions on TikTok. Like if you have a brand that you want to go after, but going after TikTok specifically, like you, those terms and conditions, I remember the very beginning, Cody Co. like they were using him in like ads mm -hmm. for TikTok or some yeah. shit. And it was They've like- They also used him in stuff for like Hinge too. Yeah. And it was like, he was like, what? And then it was like, oh no, if you made a video on the platform, they can just like use it. Mm -hmm. And it might've changed and gotten better, but like still like- when, I think they made up for it with a lot of people where they had them in their actual commercials yeah. and then they like paid out through that way. Yeah, but it's, you know, that's uh, terms and conditions. So Meredith made this video and I saw it like just came up on my like following list um, and basically just talking about how she was like, yeah, this really sucks. And like, this is like, I don't want this to happen. Like, I don't want someone to like, who's so rich to sue me. But also like, I really don't like what this means for like the platform that like suddenly like, we can't like talk about things and people and like she's not spreading lies like she literally is like she like researches like who I'll, I'll get into like what like Bethany's upset about specifically but like she's not lying she's not making these outlandish claims of like oh like yeah like I heard that like it's not like she's like a public facing dumois kind of thing like that's not what she's doing at all and she was like, I really just think that this sets a really bad precedent for like rich people and like celebrities to come on TikTok where it's like Bethany literally started an entire fucking series comparing like expensive makeup and like skincare, expensive things to cheap things. And she gets on there and like, will shit talk these brands that she doesn't like. She gets on there and she shit talks Kim Kardashian. She gets on there and she will, we'll get to this. We will get to it now. She went on this completely unprompted and like very Pierce Morgan, like style fucking rant about Meghan Markle for no fucking no, you know what the reason is though because well, the her on her show no because Bethany used to date Meghan Markle's ex-husband why is he everywhere I don't know so like she literally gets on her platform 
now on TikTok and like talks shit not only about individuals where it's like, okay, you want to get into the Meghan Markle rhetoric? I dare you without being racist because mm-hmm. like she's never done a fucking thing, has not done a goddamn fucking thing. And if you can find a way to dislike her, you're racist. Like, it's just it's just fucking racism. Like that's like literally all there fucking is to it. And you have that on top of like talking match and all these brands. I don't give a shit if you talk about the Kardashians. Like if you talk shit on the Kardashians, like whatever. So does Meredith. Like you're all talking shit. But then the second that someone talks about you, cease and desist. Yeah. So in the video that like Bethany references in her cease and desist to Meredith, she is like sensitive to the videos, but she basically had talked about how Bethany Frankel's company had publicly, keyword publicly trademarked the saying, it's a scam, which is what her like catchphrase is in her, in, in her TikTok videos for merch, podcasting and other entertainment products in December, 2021. And she, no, Meredith noted that like she started using this phrase more often in video reviews for various products making it pretty clear that this was like pre-planned for mm-hmm. a launch of something for business purposes. And then she also says uh, the letter also co- covered defamation, saying that in the cease and desist, she also said that it claimed that it had to be confidential and she couldn't say that she even received the letter publicly. And then she asked lawyers on TikTok if she needed to like abide by that. But then she was deleting the videos because she didn't want to get in trouble. But she was, this is exact quote from her. Yes, freedom of speech is a thing, but what really wealthy people can do is they can threaten your freedom of speech. And if you don't have the money to push back, people are like, oh, but you could just, you know, go to court. Like I would get, have to get lawyers to back me up. I think that this person bullies small creators into silencing them. In my opinion, this app isn't really built for big celebrities. We created this really small, we, we created this really cool community where people actually state their personal opinions. When they see small creators saying, hey, look, I found this, or hey, look, this happened, they freak out. The Lynch said with a video over 200,000 views. Then Bethany like went on and like did a response where she said that like Meredith misrepresented her nonprofit Be Strong and like all of these things were like not true and like not real, which is like not what happened at all. And the only thing she said about Be Strong was something about how like it wasn't classified as like a, what is it? A 1030? Oh, 501C. That it wasn't yet classified as that. It was classified as like something else. And like it can be a process to get that. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it, it's a it's a long process. And like she just stated that and like and she didn't misrepresent. She didn't say that they were like any like anything like that. And Bethany said that anyone can say anything they want about her unless they are spreading misinformation. And but, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pick this up because Bethany is the biggest hypocrite. I felt like you could tell me that. Yeah. So in case y'all don't know, because I don't think like Bethany isn't like that big of a celebrity i hate her skinny girl branding but yeah that's all i know so she she kind of got her start in the entertainment industry as being paris's and and nikki's babysitter what so <laughs> so she came out to la and she was like trying to be an actor and she was paris and nikki's babysitter and now she's very close friends with their aunt Kyle Richardson who is also on she's on well while Bethany is Real Housewives in New York Kyle is on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and so they became friends like back when she was babysitting I took a soul cycle class with Kyle she was very nice to me she told me I was pretty so like yeah I said the same thing about Abby Lee Miller not a nice person told me I was pretty (laughs) what can I do what can I do yeah and so Bethany likes to tell people that she like pulled herself up from the bootstraps and like that she's this like 
she created her self-made and everything. This woman went to boarding school. Her stepfather and mother have a they treated her like shit. This which is true. They they did. Well, according to her, I don't like to put things, but you if you watch Real Housewives of New York, then her um she has like she's trying to reconnect with her family and they just won't do it. But um she's very monetarily privileged. But tries to act like that she wasn't. Does she, like, not have, like, millions of dollars like a lot of the women that started off on Housewives? Yes. She was living in, when when Real Housewives first started, she was living in an apartment that's probably as big as this room. And she was snarky. She also was on The Apprentice before she was on Real Housewives as well. So, like, she'd been on television. And that's (laughs) kind of why, because of her personality, they're, like, it wasn't because of her money. Everybody else had money, but they liked her personality. And so they put her on there. And so on Real Housewives, she would like start ordering drinks and it would be what essentially is what's known as the skinny girl cocktail now. And so she was marketing it back then. She started off as like a cook and a bartender was like her shtick. I mean, that's how she earned her money was like catering people, catering like big events and stuff. And so if you watched Real Housewives from the beginning, you saw her come up. Well, she had a big one. She, Skinny Girl's worth a lot of money. She made a lot of money doing that. But as the more money she got, the more obnoxious she got. And as wrong as Ramona Singer is <laughs> about a lot of things, I mean, Ramona parties in Mar-a-Lago, she said, and this is like a, a famous quote, Bethany does not support women and she never has never has she doesn't bring people up with her um, allegedly from my observations I want to say since she's lawsuit (laughs) Uh, wouldn't be the first time I've gotten one so yeah so she just she's known for not supporting women and she also is known for making disparaging remarks about black women So Real Housewives of Atlanta premiered around the same time as New York. Well, it it, New York was out first and then Atlanta came. Um, And Bethany, whenever she would talk about Atlanta, she would talk about it in a black scent. Also wouldn't there's you can look this up on like if you want to get on YouTube and look at watch what happens live and maybe just type in like Bethany Frankel talking about Atlanta or something. And she would talk in a black sense, say that all they have is like their weaves and stuff like white women don't wear (laughs) extensions as well. And talking about weaves and wigs and just talking like it wasn't like it wasn't the same caliber. Oh, God. She might. I I don't remember. So I don't want to be misquoted, but she might have said that it was ghetto. I was wondering if it was leading to that. Yes. Um, I, 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 like this was a long time yeah, ago. Maybe not verbatim, but, but, but what you're saying is yeah, there's an implication. There was an implication. Um, and she was jealous of a lot of things that were going on because when New York was a huge hit. Yeah. Like OC was there. Like it put every OC put everything on the map. Then New York came through and was like a huge hit because the difference was with OC a lot of the women didn't they were a lot of them were actual like housewives but New York most of them had like their own businesses and things and then Atlanta came and that was the first franchise that was predominantly black 
And it was more of a cultural phenomenon than the rest of them. Well, as someone who's not a part of it, every single time I have a Real Housewives quote, you're like, that's Atlanta. That's yeah. Atlanta. That like that's like and I also think that like I could probably only name Nene. Like I could name people who like have iconic or even those clips, like it just far more iconic uh-huh. than like a cult like yeah, cultural reset. Like yeah. and still had mainstay and mm-hmm. like the jokes, the the quotes, all of that. Right. And so she's been talking about black women in this way for a long time. She also when it comes to who she considers fame, she also thinks like women are trying to take things from her all the time. She doesn't have what she talks about on the show, a lot of female friends. I so wonder she, why. Right. It's like she's not a girl's girl, as Ramona would say. Again, like, again, Ramona is not a good person, but when it came to Bethany, she had her fucking cart. Yep. She also, like, she was supposed it was the season right before the pandemic. So I think 2019 um, season of Real Housewives of New York. She quit the day that they started filming. That's so unprofessional. Yes. Um, and she also, which I forget that creator that looks like AI, but does her oh, videos. Oh, duh, 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 Denisha, duh, duh, Denisha, Denisha. I think that's her name. Literally Mermie. was fucking watching her videos today. So Denisha Carter, she had said the other day, um, which she says to a lot of people, it, it seems like controversial things, but I, I find myself agreeing with, probably 99.9 percent of the things that she says and she was talking about how the people that are the main manipulators and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this but saying people that are manipulators they're they manipulate the people that are their victims in a different way than they manipulate people that are the people that they're trying to safe face in front of oh yeah that's textbook narcissist exactly and so bethany does a lot of good for different communities she has her company be strong she does raise a lot of money and takes a lot of money and takes gift cards and food when there's like a natural disaster she does a lot of good things which is what be strong is is the company Mm -hmm. that you're talking about but bethany also at her core, in my opinion, is not a good person because she manipulates everyone around her. And so what Denisha was saying that manipulate, I don't want to call, say, a narcissist, like I'm not going to call it, but people that exhibit narcissist behavior seem really good on the surface because that's a form of manipulation because they want you to think that they're the best possible person so then when someone accuses them of abuse or something like that then it's like no I could never see them doing something like this because they do x y and z and that's kind of how Bethany I feel like sees herself is like I do all this good so I can't I give money to Haiti I can't be racist against black people that gives me that same vibe as um that the specific brand of white Christians where Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I'm a Christian. Right. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. when you're being like a hateful bigot. Like I don't, it doesn't, that's not the get out of jail free card that you think it is. Mm -hmm. But no, yeah. The about manipulators and people with like dealing with like in that situation, narcissists or people, if they're 
displaying narcissistic behavior, like not only is it like making other people doubt, like creating an image of yourself that like if anything else comes up that disputes that would make people doubt that, but Mm -hmm. also specifically discredits your victims. Like it makes it shifts the blame onto other people. But I also just think that like you can be a really bad person and have like have care about charitable causes. Mm -hmm. I think that there's very few people in the world who like legitimately do not have any causes or anything they care about. Like I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who's like, I don't give a shit about childhood cancer. Like, and also at a certain level, and I've said this before, like when you're so rich, you need tax write-offs. Right. And especially when you're getting famous, Mm -hmm. every agency or manager will sit down with you and say, what causes do you care about? Because they want you to publicly align yourself with causes. And I've seen it happen. And I don't, I don't dislike when it happens. It's just I know the origin of it. It can come from like very genuine place when you have a platform and then you have access to be more charitable. Like I think a perfect example, Meghan Markle has cared about things forever. She had a fucking blog. She's caring about it when she had on Instagram. And then, you know, royal family, she can care. She can when you have resources and access, you can like do more with that. But like you can be a bad person and still donate money to charity that. And if you didn't, you're paying that money to the IRS. Right. So like I think she does more in charity than some people who just write checks. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't deny that it's mutually beneficial for her image right. as well as for the people that she's helping. Right. I mean, this is a woman that was riding around in a limo in New York City saying that she was homeless when she was just between homes. When she was living in penthouse hotels. Like, this, she's out of touch. And then is now going after people because, and the thing is, is that this creator, uh, Meredith, she is not the only person that said anything about her. No, she's suing two people. I don't know who the, I don't, I, I only know. But I'm just I saying like, yeah, she was everywhere on Twitter. So why, I mean, on Instagram and Twitter too. Um, so why are you going after a specific person? Yeah. Why you're going after these two people and like imagine if Kim Kardashian tried to send you a cease and desist. Like, we wouldn't hear the end of it. Right. Content for days. Yeah. I think it's, like, absolutely ridiculous. And I'm glad that TikTok lawyers are able to step up because I, like, literally was, like, going to message her. And I was like, hey, I've received a cease and desist before. I can give you some pointers, some tips. I know I've also been threatened with a defamation lawsuit. Mm -hmm. I can, and have had to have consult, like, consults with, like, lawyers about it. Um, and I can give you some like tips like to eval- assess the enemy and assess the threat and like right. see what this is. Um, but I was like very happy that like people st- like, you know, stood up to that because we have a hard time reconciling that rich people will throw their money around as a weapon. And it's like, well, why would they do that if it's not like, why would they, why would someone threaten that if they like can't prove it? And it's like, because they're using their money because they know they can. And like a defamation yeah. lawsuit, you can't win shit. You can spend a fuck ton of money. She doesn't want to spend that money, yeah. but she's doing that because she knows it. she's not going to have to spend And that she's money. also trying to uh, set a precedence, trying to make people stop talking about exactly. her. Exactly. Exactly. And it's fucked. So fuck you, Bethany. Yeah. Fuck I you. used to really like you too. That's the thing. It's like she was the underdog. Everybody was rooting for her. And then she just she's just not a good person. Yeah, she sounds like a deeply insecure person. When you get when you're that 
and I'm, this is not ageist at all, but once you get past your 30s, 40s, and you have not worked on your insecurities and you become a deeply insecure person, the world treats women when they get older worse. And when you have not processed your own insecurities and your aging, you get more and more angry right. and you lash out more because the world is not treating you the way they did when you were like a young thing. Mm -hmm. And then you begin to hate other women to like a, a different level. Like it just becomes really fucking intense. Right. So. And again, speaking of someone who we don't always agree with them, but Omarosa was once on Bethany's uh, talk show that her short lived talk show that she had. And if y'all ever want to see someone hand somebody their ass, look it up, please. We should look it up if you haven't seen this before. We'll look it up like during that. the break. Is it going to be like Kiki Palmer on Wendy Williams? Yeah. But even more because like it'll be even it's just like above Bethany and she doesn't even see it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. When she's wrong, she's wrong. But when she's right, she's right. And sometimes it's just, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that is it for our episode. We hope you enjoyed. Again, if you want to hear, if you want to vote, head on over to our Instagram tomorrow, Friday, if you're listening to this on Thursday. And also listen to us read the results on Friday in our Fisting Friday episode. Fisting. Right. We'll, we'll share some pitches first and for some new names. Yeah. We'll chat and hang out. It's if you haven't listened before, it's like the extra. It's the extra clips from this recording. And also we talk more and we like expand on things. And we also just like just talk more. Like mm -hmm. it's just hang more out with us. us a little more on Friday. So we hope you enjoyed. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, go follow us individually and our joint one, as well as our TikTok account. Mm -hmm. And... Go comment. I want you to all think about everyone that you've hooked up with and then that one person that you forgot. <laughs> like you, you have to think about that you did it and comment their name. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. I love that. I would like to, I was going to say, I was going to shout mine out. I don't know his name. What the fuck is his name? Nate? Mm, doesn't sound right. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. College was a blur. Yeah. Make up a fake name. Okay, at the end. Fine. We'll circle back next week. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's fine. We'll circle back we'll next circle week. We'll circle back. Bye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.